0: Welcome to the Rise Priestess Podcast, a place for women just like you who are in the process of claiming their callings, rising into priestesshood and building a legacy. This is where values-driven women come to learn how to unleash their gifts and share them unapologetically with the world to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon, I'm an author, yoga teacher, activist, and business mentor. I bridge together feminine-inspired leadership and divine masculine action that quantum leaps you into an expansive experience of life and business. I believe that business is a vehicle for not only living a more purposeful and free life, but for also contributing to social and ecological healing. I live in a coastal town in Portugal and have been channeling my inner priestesshood into various heart-centered businesses since 2016. Back then, I left my life as an archeologist to play my part in the reawakening of the feminine. Although I now run a successful mission-driven business, it's been quite the journey. I've had to move past imposter syndrome, own my gifts, make friends with money, step into feminine leadership, dismantle toxic conditioning, and learn ethical marketing practices. I'm here to help you on your journey to living life and doing business on your terms. From guest interviews to solo heart riffs to laser coaching sessions, this podcast is here to inspire you to reclaim the feminine, live your dharma, and get paid for being you. So sit back, take a deep breath, sister, And let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, priestess. Let's just get straight to it. In this episode, we are diving into the imposter phenomenon, what it is, how it limits us and what you specifically can do to disrupt it so that you can become all that you're supposed to be in the world. And my intention with this episode is really to help you disrupt your own sense of being a fraud, your own sense of being an imposter, not good enough, self-doubt, so that you can share more of your magic with the world. I live with the belief that the more of us share our magic with the world unapologetically, the more that we can really help this world heal. But before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Awaken to Freedom. You may have already heard about Awaken to Freedom. It's my six-month curriculum and holistic mentoring experience that helps you master what it takes to create full-time income as a coach, guide, healer, or facilitator by mastering the art of creating, delivering, and booking out a premium offer in an ethical, simple, and effective way. So we are currently enrolling for our next intake of priestesses. And I'm so excited because the women who are joining are just, well, incredible. Um, and I would love to extend you an invitation to join us. So if this sounds like kind of what you wanna be getting involved in, then you can go to wwwdrsaracoxoncom forward slash awaken to freedom. Or you can click the link link in the show notes to find out more and you can find out more and you can apply. So let's get back to our episode on how to stop feeling like such a fraud. What I'll be sharing with you is going to be particularly relevant if you're a coach, a guide, healer, teacher or facilitator. But truly, this is for anybody in the world who doubts themselves to the point at which they hold themselves back from doing what they're supposed to be doing in the world, from living their magic, living their dharma. So yeah, my, my, intention, <clears throat> is to, my intention is to really help you alleviate some suffering because feeling like a fraud makes us suffer. And I, I want to be really honest with you. I've always felt like a fraud. I want to share some stories with you actually just to kind of illustrate how this has been showing up in my life. So back in 2015, I had just been awarded my PhD, and I remember really expecting that I would feel really elated, that I would feel really great, and I didn't. In fact, not only was it a complete anti-climax, but I had this horrible sinking feeling in my stomach. Basically, I believed that I was a fraud. I had convinced myself that, that the examiners had passed me just to be kind. And whenever anyone congratulated me about getting my doctorate, this knot in my stomach would tighten and I would really quickly change the subject. Because despite eight years of study, I felt somehow that I had fooled everyone. And it was incredibly, incredibly painful. I felt worthless. And I felt small and I'm pretty sure that a lot of the decisions that I made around about that time to do with my career, to do with my relationships were because of these feelings of just really not feeling good enough. And then some 18 months later, I had left academia behind. I had been in a corporate job for just over a year and I decided to leave that behind. Um, I arrived in the Philippines to teach yoga full time and I remember sitting there we had this amazing yoga deck surrounded by you know coconut trees and things like that of course paradise so I remember sitting there on this yoga deck in front of my students in half lotus and the excitement of teaching yoga in paradise was replaced by this real familiar feeling of dread this real familiar feeling of oh my gosh I'm going to be found out because despite having done all my trainings and I did have some experience I was really convinced that I wasn't good enough and especially the first few weeks months even of being on that island um, I really compared myself to a lot of the other teachers on the island and There was this time a few weeks in where kayla who is now one of my best friends we did an an episode together many many moons ago i think it was probably the first season of the podcast so you can check that out um she's now one of my best friends she moved to the island uh complete with her social media large social media following and stunning yoga videos and she's just this amazing bendy pretzel and I compared myself so much to her, I just wanted to run and hide and never teach a yoga class again. I felt like such a fraud and despite the fact that I had so much good feedback from my classes and people kept coming back again and again, it's, I still felt like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like I'm not good enough, they're gonna find me out. And now that someone else has come to teach, they're gonna find that I'm really a fraud. That was what I thought. So I didn't know it at the time, but this is the imposter phenomenon. This is the belief that we don't know enough, we aren't good enough, and that we will at some point get found out. It's the reason why we keep our best ideas to ourselves, or if we do experience success, we can't fully enjoy it. We think we don't deserve it. We think we're going to get found out. We think it's all going to go away. And the phenomenon was actually first identified in a 1978 study by Clance and Immers, I hope I'm saying that right, um, who were studying the traits of high achieving women. And they used the phrase back then imposter phenomenon to describe a mindset where a person believes that they are unintelligent, unsuccessful, and incompetent, although this was not the view that others held of them. so I share these stories with you to to highlight just how imposter syndrome can come up in so many different ways in our life but I also want to be honest with you as well and to let you know that I still feel like a fraud from time to time yeah I still feel like a fraud but thankfully I have now got a much healthier relationship with this part of me I've learned how to disrupt this pattern of feeling like a fraud and then all the subsequent behaviors that it um, catalyzes I've learned how to disrupt it so that I can get on with the important work that I know that deep down when I'm really in alignment with who I am that I'm here to do and I don't I personally don't believe that we can live our Dharma without learning how to navigate the feeling of being a fraud. I just don't think it's possible. But our way past the imposter phenomenon is to acknowledge it for what it is and to actually use it as a springboard for our growth, which sounds a bit weird, but more on this later. So in order to acknowledge the imposter phenomenon and understand it, we have to understand why it materializes in the first place and there are several theories out there on this so many recent studies um, have linked fraudulent feelings with marginalized groups meaning that they say that if you're a woman or a person of color or you're lgbtq the feeling of not being good enough may may be more prevalent And these kinds of studies suggest that imposter syndrome could have some sort of systemic basis and that cultural attitudes and expectations can affect how we see ourselves and what we expect of ourselves and how we think others see us. A systematic review conducted in 2019 now suggests that actually almost all people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. And anecdotally, famous sufferers include Albert Einstein, I mean, really, uh, Michelle Obama, love her, Meryl Streep and Maya Angelou. So really it's it's unlikely that there is a single causal factor that creates these feelings of being an, an imposter, of being a fraud. But what these studies do suggest is that imposter syndrome, it's not a personal issue. Like it's not our fault. It's not a personal issue. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with me or you, but it's a, a social cultural one. So this means for those of us that experience it, we can know that it's not our fault, but is most likely a response to our social and cultural environment. And I personally feel that patriarchy actually has a lot to answer for. I mean, obviously you know that I think this um, because it's. It's taught women and other marginalized groups of people that if they do even manage to get a seat at the table they will be scrutinized so they better be perfect to prove that they're worthy of it you know i see it in the media women receive much more scrutiny than men or at least that's how i see it and of course there's no such thing as perfection so we we feel that we set up for fall. So, my question for you is What if the imposter syndrome you feel, this feeling of not being good enough, this feeling of like I don't have what it takes, actually has nothing to do with your capabilities, but is simply a very unconscious and now conscious response to your conditioning? What if the self doubt you feel? rather than being an indicator of your inadequacy, is actually a signpost. It's showing you where to lean in to go deeper in your process of liberation. It's showing you where conditioning and systemic things are holding you hostage, where it's stopping you from being who you really are in the world and from flowering and blossoming in the way that you are here to flower and blossom. So I believe that we create freedom when we commit, we continually commit to the process of questioning the stories that we tell ourselves. Where do these stories come from? And questioning our most basic assumptions that we have about ourselves and even the way the world works. And so whenever you have a thought in your mind that is, trying to convince you that you aren't good enough, that you don't know enough, that other people are better than you, one of the most potent things you can do is to ask yourself, is this true? How do you know that this is true? And even more powerful still is to just assume that it's not true and look for the evidence that the opposite is true. Why are you good enough? Why do you know enough? Why are you as good as other people? So going back to my experience of when I was awarded my PhD, what I started to do is I started looking for the evidence that I did actually deserve to have this doctorate. And I began to find it. I started to see things differently. I understood that nobody knew my research like I did. Why? Because nobody else had done it. I started to understand that there's no way that a university, the university would have passed me just to be kind because they had incredibly high standards and I was surrounded by exceptional colleagues and peers. So what did that tell me? That I was one of them. So basically what I learned by actively questioning them is that we can actually reduce and handle and disrupt these fraudulent feelings. So I have yet to work with a client, no matter what stage of business they are at that hasn't struggled with feeling like a fraud or not feeling good enough. And these clients are usually overwhelmed or they're holding back or they're procrastinating or they're engaging in some kind of perfectionist behavior. These are all very common coping mechanisms that accompany the imposter phenomenon. And one thing that I help them realize is and this is really such a key shift, is that none of us, unless we're a newborn baby, are ever truly new at anything. So regardless of if you're starting a new business, I know many of you are or wanting to, pivoting in your existing business, because you wanna offer something that feels more exciting, expansive to you, or offering a new program, this is simply a new chapter of your journey. And what you're doing is you're bringing all of your transferable skills, experience, talents, knowledge, gifts into this chapter. So if you have ever been in a position of management or responsible for a team, doesn't matter whether you were paid or volunteering, you already have experience. If you've been reading every book on your subject for the past few years and you've been experimenting on integrating what you've been learning in your own life and you're telling all your friends about it and you're helping them, you already have an incredible amount of knowledge. If you are a mom or you're a sister or you're a daughter and you are sought out to offer advice or hold space, people come to you when they're feeling shitty. That was me like that still is me you are born to hold space this is innate within you so when we can really own this we recognize that we're not new at anything we're just bringing in all these transferable skills into a new setting a new chapter life is your phd i really believe that and I would say that I learned way more through living my life than I ever did from studying at university. Although I also learned a lot there about how to critically engage with things. And I bring that into my programs and I bring that into the work that I do with my clients. When I became a coach, I wasn't a new coach. I was just owning these skills, placing them into a new setting and then giving myself permission to get even more experience with utilizing these skills honing these skills in this new setting does that make sense so as a powerful exercise i invite all of my clients to write a list of their past experience paid and unpaid and for each one write why and how it contributes to the work that they want to do in the world i invite you to do this also and you will notice like seriously if you stop this episode and do that now, you will begin to disrupt these feelings of being a fraud. This is probably the most empowering thing you could do. If you stop this episode and you don't listen to any more and you do this, this episode will, its work, its work will have been done. Now, after all of this, you might be thinking, well, okay, that's fair enough, but you know, what is stopping someone if they do this, what is stopping What is stopping someone or what is stopping me from getting myself into a situation where I'm out of my depth in terms of skill and experience? And I think this is particularly important as a coach, guide, facilitator, healer, teacher, because we do have a responsibility to our clients to be in integrity. So it's really, this is actually... I don't want to gaslight you this is quite a key question to ask yourself how can you make sure you don't get into a situation where you're massively out of integrity because you can't actually um, you don't have the necessary skills that are needed and that can happen so just as it's powerful to own what you are capable of doing it's also really equally potent to be very, very clear on what you're not able to do, either now or yet, without shame or apology. So I'll give you an example. Years ago, as I started to really work through these feelings of being a fraud uh, and owning my skills as a yoga teacher, I and mean, it took, took a while, but I got there, um, I made it very very clear that if people wanted to learn how to I don't know do a handstand or master the more advanced poses I wasn't the teacher for them obviously I was seeing all this stuff on social media and all these amazing pretzels and I was like I'm not a pretzel I'm not a pretzel and I thought I needed to be a pretzel and sweet relief came when I realized I didn't need to be a pretzel so I let people know that if they wanted to do that I wasn't the teacher for them but if they wanted to be guided back to their own essence and they really enjoyed um learning about the the philosophy of yoga because that's really what I I did and still do I weave into my classes then they would probably love my classes so basically I learned somehow that I didn't I didn't need to try and be everything for everyone so here's a permission slip you're allowed to not know things You are allowed to not specialize in everything. And I find that we actually boost our confidence when we are upfront about who we are not. So likewise, when I started life coaching, I made it very clear to my clients that although I was trauma-informed, I wasn't a trauma specialist. And if I felt, I let them know if I felt that a client need, if they needed something different to what I could offer, I would refer them to one of my peers. So, you know, a huge part of moving past imposter syndrome as a coach, guide, healer or facilitator is being clear about what your role is. As a business mentor now, for example, my job is to hold space to support, share guidance and suggest strategies. My job is not to do the work for my clients. And I make sure that my marketing and messaging reflects this. So I don't disempower my community. I may have done once upon a time, but now I'm very careful. I don't disempower my community by suggesting to them that they need my secret formula or they won't succeed. Because, well, quite frankly, it's bullshit. And it's not gonna do anything for for feelings of being a fraud. instead I I share I share with you guys that my programs can indeed fast track your growth I share with you that you know these programs are there to support you and help you master certain things and they can shorten the learning curve very different way of positioning the work that we do so now that I'm very clear on what my role is and now there is so much overwhelming evidence that I'm good at what I do. Am I the best? No, not possible. Well, I mean, someone has to be the best, but then I guess there's a lot of nuance with that. Anyway, I digress. Like, how do you define the best? Anyway, don't need to be the best. But now I'm, I'm really clear on what my role is. It's harder to listen to the self-doubt when it comes up. It's like, no, 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 no. You've had this thought before, but you have all this evidence that you are good at what you do. So I would say as well, that if you are a coach, healer, guide, or facilitator, you know having a very clear and specific offer can do wonders for imposter syndrome, really. So when we're clear about who we are, the skills that we have, who we can help, how, what we can teach, and we get a little bit more narrow with that and specific in our offers, It really allows us to go deep with our clients. And it means, therefore, we don't have to be um, or we don't feel like we have to be all things to everyone. So the imposter syndrome starts to lessen its grip. So sometimes feeling doubtful of our capacity may actually be quite a useful thing to occur sometimes it's good to feel doubtful because it might simply be showing us where we do actually lack gaps in our knowledge or experience and it's it's really up to us to decide if we need to or even want to fill those gaps in the first place or not so as an example I don't have any experience in using paid ads as a way to grow a coaching business it's not something i'm interested in for ethical reasons it's not something that i i I don't i literally just i don't know any i don't know anything about it so it's therefore not something i feel that i need to include in my program awaken to freedom which teaches priestesses how to create deliver and book out their offers using simple social media strategies So if a prospective client wanted specifically to learn paid advertising, like does this include paid advertising? If someone asked me that, I would be more than happy to say no without apology. And a few years ago, maybe I would have thought, oh my gosh, if I don't include that, then that means that they're not going to sign up or I'm not good enough or whatever. And it's like, no, no, I don't. I don't teach on that. It's not something I'm an expert in but what I would do is tell them that the program helps them master the foundations of business such as the messaging which is always the key thing that would probably actually help them, help their ads convert better if they did go down that route. I could also let them know that you don't need to do paid ads to make a really good full-time income, you don't even need a big audience. So can you see how I own that now? But I don't feel like I have to bring everything in, particularly things that that I have no interest in. I'm not have no interest in. It's the same with teaching yoga. There will always be people that come to me saying, "Can you do a handstand workshop?" And I'm like, "No," because that's not what I do. I could have decided that actually, yeah, I want to I wanna learn fancy things like that. That would be really, really fun. And I could have gone deeper in my training. I still would have been good as a yoga teacher without that. But sometimes the, the understanding that actually I don't have this knowledge, but I want to go deeper into it. I want to learn. I want to get more experience in this. That can also be a good thing. So your self-doubt can sometimes just be simply a signpost of where there's a little bit more depth to be had if you want it, but you don't have to have it in order to be worthy of clients or success. So to recap, just so that we're all on the same page and I'm hoping that you've got a lot of shifts and I'm hoping that after this episode, and through integrating the, the suggestions that I suggested, the practices that I suggested, you're going to be on fire. So to recap, the imposter phenomenon is something that most people experience and it is likely to be an internalized response to social and cultural conditioning and expectations. To disrupt it, questioning question the limiting stories you've been telling yourself and look for evidence that the opposite is true. Another way to lessen fraudulent feelings is to own all your skills, knowledge and experience that you have so far and identify these transferable skills and how they can help you in your new ventures. And finally, you can boost your confidence by being really clear about what you're not capable of doing yet or ever without shame or apology. So I hope that's helped you, my darling. And as always, I I love to be in contact with you as a community, so please feel free to send me a message. Instagram is the best place to send me a message and let me know if this resonated with you. If you think other people should be listening to this too, please pop it on your Instagram stories, tag me so that I can thank you. Um, It really, really helps me to get the word out. This is a great way that you can support me as a small business owner. So thank you. And if you want 2022 to be the year you get to full-time income as a coach, healer, guide, facilitator, in part-time hours, let's say, and you would like some loving support, guidance, and accountability on that journey, I really encourage you to check out and apply for a spot in Awaken to Freedom. So like I said at the beginning, this is a six-month experience. There's a very robust, to-the-point, powerful curriculum, and you also get a holistic mentoring experience. Basically, we work on strategy, mindset, and your energetic embodiment so that you can really master what it takes to create full-time income. As a coach, guide, healer, or facilitator, we focus on mastering the art of creating, delivering, and booking out a premium offer. We focus on doing this in an ethical, simple, effective, and sustainable way. And like I said, we are currently enrolling for our next intake of priestesses. So you can check out what it's all about and apply by going to wwwdrsaracoxoncom forward slash awaken to freedom, or you can click the show, uh, the show notes. You can do that. And um, I look forward to reading your applications. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise Priestess podcast. If this episode spoke to you, you can contribute greatly by sharing it to your Instagram stories. Make sure that you also tag me at Dr. Sarah Coxon so that I can personally reach out and thank you. And if you're not already a member of my Instagram community, you can pop over there now and join us. I keep it very real over there, sharing behind the scenes of my life and business to inspire you to live life and do business your own way. You can also apply to be a guest on the show by emailing Sarah at Dr. Sarah Coxson with the subject podcast guest. You can also head over to my website. The link is in the show notes. To find out more about how I can help you step into your unique priestesshood to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. See you next time.